mean, you've been putting in work for so long. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode seven of Putting in Work. I'm John O'Peck, and today's guest, all the way from Sydney, Australia, is Tom Reed from Believe the Hype NBA. I've been following Tom on Twitter. Him and a guy called Benjamin Kadane have been doing Believe the Hype NBA podcasts for about five or six years. And they're certainly the biggest uh, NBA podcast in Australia that I can think of anyway. Believe the Hype is not just a podcast. It's a, you know, a blog with news network. They do videos, interviews, and uh, they've got the whole social media presence happening as well. So they're really just crushing it in terms of this whole podcast game. And anyone that can get to 450 episodes, I can tell you, is doing something right. So listen up, Tom's got some great advice for podcasters, whether you're an NBA fan or someone that just wants to talk crap on the microphone for half an hour or an hour a week, because that's really what we're all doing here, right? Enjoy the show. Thanks for joining me, Tom. This You've done almost 500 episodes of your podcast, right? Yeah, um, sort of around that, I think we just got over 450 last week, so yeah, yeah it's... 450 episodes uh six years i want to say now so it's yeah that sounds right a little while congratulations on 450 i think i'm up to episode seven now so i'm catching ah you'll you'll be there in no time yeah i'm sure (laughs) it must be a lot easier when you've got a co-host to not have to kind of scramble to find a guest every week but speaking of uh, having a co-host how did you uh, and benyam meet um we went to uni together uh so both of us went to university in canberra at um at University of Canberra, the poor, very poor cousin of ANU, um, sort of <laughs> like. Have you ever seen Community? Yes, I have. Yeah, that's that's basically University of Canberra. That whole university is just sort of this like weird. Everyone can graduate. There's weird courses, stuff like that. Um, so we just went sure. went to uni there together. lived there together. Just sort of yeah, became mates because back that was sort of like mid two thousands when the NBA in Australia wasn't really sort of what it is today and it wasn't what it was mm. in the 90s and so there was a few like three or four of us Roy Ward as well who writes for the age was was mm-hmm. also there at the same time where so like three okay. or four of us we just sit down and watch all the games on ESPN together and just sort of became mates as the only people that really cared about basketball during that time and yeah so we just always always been mate, uh, mates talking about basketball that's sort, that's sort of how we got to got to know each other and how did the podcast start? Was it a few beers and a conversation that maybe we could actually turn this into a, a thing? It was a pumpkin spiced latte around um, <laughs> in in London. So, oh wow! I had been listening to podcast podcasts, especially NBA podcasts, for a while, like a, a, about a year or so. And at, at the time, I was in London, didn't really have a job, so I was listening to a hell of a lot of like. Bill Simmons, uh, the starters, all the basketball Joneses they were then. Yeah. And it was just like, uh, and Benyam at the same time was in, was living in Leeds. And so we were catching up on the weekends quite a lot and everything. And then he was moving back to Australia and I was staying over there. And so I just went to him like, um, just a, a thing to keep in touch. Do you want to, um, do you want to try this podcast thing and, and sort of see what it's all about? You know, purely thinking that it'd last a couple of weeks, just a way to sort of keep in touch before we fizzled out. And then, yeah, six years later, now we're here and it's, it's a little bit more than just a podcast, which is, which is kind of cool. It's very cool. And how did that progression happen? Like, how did it get from just a couple of guys talking to building a, a, pretty, a pretty big following as far as Australian basketball podcasts go? And you've got the network on Facebook. You've, probably, you've got a fairly decent following on Twitter and in your, not just your personal account, but the 
official Believe the Hype account. So tell me about that growth and how that happened. I guess a lot of it, especially early on, was just trial and error, like us just trying things, see if it worked, and then if it didn't, because obviously it was just us two, so we didn't have... Well, one, we didn't have anyone sort of really telling us what to do, um, yeah. and yeah, or editors or anything like that, or deadlines or anything, so we were able to sort of experiment and do our own stuff and see what worked, see what didn't work, um, and so early on, that was sort of just fun for us to do, to try and figure out... Um, you know, what works, what doesn't. We didn't really have much of an audience, so we didn't really have any listeners sort of telling us you know, what's good, what's not. And then um, we, early on, probably about episode 10 or 11, um, which was just after us just sort of trying to figure it out and having to re-record episodes because the recording screwed up <laughs> and stuff like that, like all the, all the stuff that happens early on in podcasting, I'm sure. If you haven't had an episode that hasn't recorded yet, you've, you've got one coming. Hopefully, it's okay. not this one. You'll always get at least one. Um, we interviewed, we brought Lee Ellis from then the Basketball Jones, now yeah. the starters on the show, um, and just sort of like recorded the episode and then talked to him for a little bit after, uh, just because, I mean, I was living in London at the time. He had lived in London, both Australian, living overseas, and um, we just got talking and then he started sort of throwing us a lot of advice and, and sort of keep at it. If there's anything, if you ever need any questions or anything like that, feel free to hit me up. And I didn't think he'd ever think we would hit him up, but then sort of got to the point where we, for a little while, leaned on him and those guys. Um, so Tass Mellis a little bit as well, just for, um, and then a few other media people that we sort of had gone to meet along the way to just sort of give advice, throw ideas around. And they sort of just really helped us understand and dictate our way through the path for, what we wanted to do, um, sort of as from what they did, but down our own our own path down the line. Mm. So, how much of it was looking at people like uh, TBJ and or the starters now and seeing the things they were doing and the the success that they'd had and maybe trying to replicate that in your own way that you and Benyam could do? Yeah, a lot of it. A lot of it was that, and then, um, I mean, the starters have done, well, TBJ, let's just call them TBJ for this. Yeah, let's, I, I, feel, I feel good about that. <laughs> They've done everything. They're like the Simpsons of, of podcast. <laughs> yeah. And so, you, we'd always, Benyam and I would always come up with an idea, and then we're just like, oh, hang on a minute, wasn't that on that episode that they did the, I'm like, oh, so, um, so a lot of it was trying to figure out what they hadn't done, and then try and do that, if, if that sort of sure. makes sense. Um, but yeah, sort of in terms of formats with how, like, how shows were produced back. So our actual show itself has gone through a few different iterations. So there was sort of like early on where it was just try and talk for 45 minutes. That was literally our format. (laughs) Just try and make sure that we can actually put together a show. And then it got to creating segments to sort of break the show up to make sure that it had a little bit of variation. Mm. And then... Um, it got to the point where we're like, well, let's record more than one or two a week. So we had different shows for different days that sort of had different themes. So our one early on in the week was sort of looking back at the weekend's games, which are generally when there are quite a few big games on. So like the, the Sunday, Monday in, in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the show in the middle of the week was more of just that weekly format. And then we do one on a Saturday morning, which was a guest. So we sort of had this this distinctive three different ways format of how we'd, we'd break up the show. And then now is a bit of an interesting time. Now we're just sort of doing one show a week, ticking over because we're trying to find what that new format's going to be. Because, I mean, podcasting has actually gone through 
a really, really big boom recently, and especially um, NBA podcasting. And now, I mean, back when we started, there was probably, I reckon, overall, about 10 to 15 NBA podcasts. Like, there wasn't that many out yeah, there. that sounds about right. There are a couple of really big ones, a couple of medium ones, and then a couple of small ones like us. But now... I mean, there's hundreds. Back then, it was like, I'm going to subscribe to every NBA podcast I can find because I want to get NBA podcasts as much as I can. And now it's impossible to follow them all because, you know, just look at something like The Ringer. They've got like four different NBA podcasts. Yeah, that's it. And so sort of our our show, because we'd, even though we'd sort of changed it, changed it up a bit and and everything had, we didn't really have anything that was that unique to anything else that was out there. So that's the real interesting thing that I'm finding kind of cool right now is we're at an, another pivot stage, which we may not figure it out right now. We may not figure it out over the next couple of months, but we're at that pivot stage now where we're trying to figure out how can we once again have something that's a little bit different to everyone else. And how much of that is just the fact that you are Aussies? Because, you know, that is the obvious point of difference to the, every other podcast that I listen to. Yeah, and that's actually kind of the... The cool thing I like about it as well is because it's an Aussie, it's an Aussie NBA podcast, but it's not about the necessarily about the Australians in the NBA. I mean, every now and then it skews towards there because, like, if I mean, say for example, those guys are a lot easier for us to because we've built up a relationship with some of those players. Yeah. It's easier for us to be able to get them on the show or do stuff with them. But our audience isn't actually Aussie. Like, okay. we have it's probably only about twenty twenty five percent of our audience is actually Australian. We're actually bigger in the in the US and so that's sort of where we where which is the cool thing about it is like people listen to us because it it is like a, a little bit of a different point of view on the NBA from what they mm. normally get different accents to what they get but still the same content that they want to get that is cool and speaking of you know getting to interview some of the NBA players themselves one of the things to me that almost legitimizes you above you know every Tom, Dick and Harry that has their own podcast is the fact that you actually will travel to the States every year to go to All-Star Weekend and do the kinds of quirky interviews and videos like what the Basketball Jones used to do and still do. Can you tell me how that came about as something that you realized would bring a lot to your podcast and just the investment that that takes uh, beyond being a hobby? Like it's a lot more than that at that point, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, once you're starting to, act, I mean, it's it's one thing to put down, say, ten, fifteen bucks a month for hosting fees for a, for a show. It's another thing to yeah have to put down an actual two weeks every year to go over there and, and pay for that and do everything. I guess that sort of came about basically because, uh, I mean, we we saw what guys like the Basketball Jones were doing over there. We knew a few people that were so this, Houston was our first one. Um, one of my mates lived in Houston at the time. And so we're, we were just like, you know, what the hell? Why don't we just give this a try? Go over there and, and see what it's like, see what we can do and just really open book. Like we, we had an idea sort of of what we wanted to do. We wanted to make at least a video and we wanted to do some podcasts, but just sort of, just sort of feel it out and see you know, what this was like and whether this is actually something that we enjoyed doing uh, first yeah. up. So, so did that, just pay, paid our own way to get over there and, um, uh, did All Star Weekend that year? Loved it. Made some made some cool content. Uh, got to meet meet some some interesting people as well. And then that was sort of the point where we both realised that you know what we actually really like this, and we think that we've got something good going. So let's keep going on. And and then from then on, one of the 
sort of things of Believe the Hype was to try and make make it so that it you know, basically made enough cash so we could keep doing this every year. Hmm. And how do you do that? Monetization of the site. Um, so our website has a lot of ad revenue. Sorry, not a lot of ad revenue. It has ad revenue, <laughs> ad, ad revenue that comes comes through it. Freelancing things, you know, stuff like that. Just basically anything that we can to contribute to the uh, to sort of the fund to keep the site ticking over and keep us to be able to do cool things is we, we, we just do it. Okay, and how does it work in your mind? Of you know, you've, you've both got real jobs, you've both got commitments over here, but I'm sure that in the back of your mind, you're trying to push forward with this as much as possible. So, at what point do you look at it and go, "Well, this is something that we want to put more and more time into"? And how do you kind of balance the two kind of spheres? Um, that's a it's a really good question and something that if you ask me a couple of years ago, my answer probably would have been different to today. So right now we're at, we're at the point where if we wanted to work that little bit harder on it, do that little bit of extra work and basically, you know, take the full plunge and do this full time, we could do it. Like we, we could just sort of you know quit our jobs and be able to do this, you know, with, um, believe the hype plus freelancing on the side. Like we could mm-hmm. make make it. We, we we could we could we could do this full time. And I mean, for Ben Yum's in a little bit of a different place to me because he actually has a full time job uh, at NBA.com in Australia now. Uh, yeah. so he's the editor editor of that along with doing this. Um, and then so if you asked me this a couple of years ago, if if I was at this point, then I would have said, um, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to do this full time. But now for me, I'm in a sort of a different stage of my life where I love doing this, but I also love my actual work that I do right now. Sure. Um, and so to me, I feel that the, the juggling act that I do right now, which is you know, all through the day uh, doing my actual job and then sort of all through the night going back, watching basketball games, writing articles, you know, doing some analysis, getting ready for podcasts, doing all that. It just sort of feels natural for me to have both because like my actual work and, and this work, I just... I. I love them both the same so that if, if push came to shove I'd, and I'd have to drop one, I wouldn't know what one I would drop. Yeah. I guess that's a good position to be in. You've got the best of both worlds. Yeah. That's it. But if you ask, a, a couple more years ago, I, w- I would have been more inclined to just dropping out on and just looking at doing this full time if that was an opportunity. That's cool. I mean, just to have that as an option is an amazing thing, really. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's and it's always good to have options, which, is, which I, I find quite nice. Yeah. So this podcast is generally exploring the work that goes into these things. So what would you say has been the hardest part of building this audience and this, I guess, company in some ways? Or what would you call Believe the Hype? Yeah, I'd call it a digital media network something. network yeah i mean yeah just a plat yeah platform i probably yeah sure okay because we're not just a podcast i mean it's a it's a website as well it's, mm. it's social it's uh video it's so yeah it's just a a, a small medium network i guess mm. sounds good yeah i'll, I'll take i'll take that there's got to be an easier word to describe that but let's just call it a blog okay yeah th- yeah okay people think the blog has like a bad word but it is a bad word, but it's not. It's it's just a very simple word to say. Sure. Yeah, so I guess the hardest thing was probably just to keep doing it. Mm. So that's like that's one that's actually one thing that Lee Ellis also said as well to us. Um he said that the the easiest thing to do is to start a blog, start a podcast, start a website, do anything like that. The hard the, the hardest thing to do is to keep going. Because yeah. you've got to realise that you know, a lot of people think that 
uh, say someone starts a podcast, they have three listeners to the first one. They're like, I've got no audience. No, you've got an audience. Your audience is three people. That's three people who actively engage with what you did. And if you sort of turn that, what you think's a negative into a positive, that, that there's actually people out there who sort of like your opinion, want to listen to your opinion, doesn't matter how what the size of it is, then that will continue to grow over time if you keep consistently doing it and you keep going at it, you keep showing that passion. Sure. So I was just, it's the coming back and not, you know, getting too obsessed with numbers and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's it. And that's, yeah, I mean, everyone gets obsessed with numbers, but the numbers <laughs> are cool there to, there to have and sort of you need them to an extent, but numbers aren't the be all and end all. Like if you're doing something like this, for numbers or to, to, to show reach or to get famous or anything like that, it's not going to happen. Like, you've got to yeah. be... You, the, the passion that you have for what you're doing has to be there at the very start if you want if you want it to, to keep going and if you, want it, if, mm. you want it, if you want to do it and you want to enjoy it as well. Like, no one enjoys looking at spreadsheets every day to see how many people watch their, watch their show <laughs> or anything. It's, that's, that's just not... That just shouldn't be why you do it. Sure. So, if, let's just say, for example, you and Ben Yum... <clears throat> We're still doing this podcast. I mean, no, let's go back further. Let's say uh, that you still had, you know, only 10 or 20 people listening to you after five years. Would you still be doing it because of your friendship with him and, and the fact that you just enjoy creating things? Yeah, probably. Um, at first, we wouldn't have thought that. Like, But the fact that if those 10 or 15 people were, you know, as active with the show as, as what the people are these days, then yeah, like mm. that's the other cool thing about it. I mean, we're enjoying doing it, but then those people, doesn't matter how many people there are, they're enjoying us doing it as well. So that sort of spurs you on. The question that I ask everyone on this show is if you could do anything and know that you wouldn't fail, what would you do? In terms of with this? Yeah. Or it doesn't have to be this specifically. It could be, you know, you want to, uh, you want to be on NBA TV. I don't know. I really want to make a documentary. Yeah, that's so. I mean, with this, like, we've made, we've interviewed, we've interviewed some people and got some really cool stories on the podcast or or editorial or video wise, and been able to do like little cool small snippets, which is basically what the internet is these days, little bite sized snippets. But <laughs> I'd really love to be able to. There's so many good stories in the NBA and even with an Australian tinge that haven't necessarily been told out in their fullest, and I'd love to be able to create a, a documentary. To, to be able to tell one of those stories that isn't really as mainstream as, as, as the stories that we really get out there. Can you tell us a little about some of those stories or is that something you're keeping under wraps? Um, I guess anything from, like, I mean, look at, look at the NBA in Australia right now. Like, you've got a whole bunch of, um, a whole bunch of kids whose you know, fathers moved down to Australia and played in the NBL. Then now, going, guys like Cecil Exum, um, Dave Simmons, uh, Bruce Bruce Bolden, guys like that, and then now their sons are becoming like the next generation of Australian yeah. players. Sort of that whole story, looping in, um, looping in the the immigration to Australia, falling in love with the country, into creating like the next generation of of awesome basketball talent. I think there's there's something really in there in that whole family story. Yeah, it's cool. It's uh, it's something that like. In Australia, the father-son thing is a really big thing in sports, but it doesn't seem to get made as big of a deal over in the states. Yeah, yeah, it it, it does like to it. Yeah, like you're right. It's a, it's a huge deal down here. Over there, you you sort of do see small snippets of it, like like the Dell Steph Curry thing's a bit of a story, yeah. but it still doesn't seem like it's as much of a huge national narrative as like what father-sons are in footy. Mm, that's right. Yeah. 
So what are you going to do to make that happen? Like, have, have you got uh, any plans to bring that kind of dream to reality? Uh, not really. It's just sort of more. I'll probably have to have a uh, a few more a few more um, pumpkin lattes. Yeah. Actually, that'd, that'd be quite a lot of pumpkin <laughs> lattes to get to that. Yeah. No, but I'm sure there's, like, it's, it's something that, that is a pipe dream right now, uh, but it's something that I'd really love to do. And not necessarily that story, but there's, there's plenty of other mm. ones out there as well. Sure. And certainly not beyond your uh, potential, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think <laughs> I'd be more of a, um, more of a, a bit of a writer of the story, um, consultant on it rather than being the guy actually creating the project. Maybe, 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 maybe out of your podcast, you can, you can find me some guys to pull together a crack squad for this. Uh, I, I know people. I'll see what I do. <laughs> cool. And the, the, the last, or second last question, I got a basketball question for you coming up, but what's your advice for people starting out in podcasting, uh, who want to be around for at least 450 episodes like you guys have? Just keep doing it. Keep yeah. doing it. Um, don't be afraid to ask people questions to, for, for help. Don't be afraid to um, uh, to just reach out to anyone to, to to come on to be your guest. Like that's a lot of early on, especially a lot of the guests that we got were just from having to just throw out you know a hundred emails to people, and then you know three might come back, and that's sort of how we got our guests early on in it. Um, but and then yeah, don't be afraid to change. Just basically, don't be afraid. Just ask Good. anything, try anything. Sounds like solid advice to me. So my last question: Who's going to win the championship this year? I still think it's going to be the Golden State Warriors. Ooh. Convince me, because I've got the Cavs. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I just—I mean, KD is going to be back in time, uh, so he'll he'll be back before the playoffs. Outside of that, they all look pretty healthy this year. I really like their depth. Uh, the Cavs' depth's amazing right now as well, by the way. Um, but I just think that they're just for. From their their entire squad, like you look at look at their their top end guys, their their big four, and then the their the rest of their rotation down to like about the seventh or eighth guy, which is what their their finals rotation will be. Like that, no one can stop that team. It's so athletic, it's so talented, great defensively, um, mm. especially um, considering that. Like, I mean, they they do leak a lot of points, but that's because of they're playing at such a high tempo. Um, I I just can't see a team beating that team with how talented it is. Yeah. And, and plus that team like this year they're not they're not um they're not pushing for wins they're not pushing for 73 games again they're they're managing their minutes managing their their bodies a lot better purely to make sure that this team is ready come the finals so you think Durant will be healthy by then because that's got to be a pretty big uh, yeah pretty big part of it yeah he he he, sh- he should he should be back you know probably by the second round of the playoffs mm, okay I've got I've got my man Larry Sanders leading the Cavs to a championship, so we'll see what happens with that. I would love nothing more than Larry Sanders to be an NBA champion. I think he he's actually one of the one of the most interesting stories. Absolutely, and he he followed me on Twitter a couple of years ago, so I've just been waiting for him to come back to the NBA so I could say a player follows me from the big leagues. <laughs> I, I, he follows me as well, and yeah. never writes back to my DMs to come on my shows. <laughs> oh well, you, you go in from another angle as well. Yeah, I'll I'll have a word with him, see what we can come up with. <laughs> Thanks, Jono. Cool. Thanks for coming on the show. It's been really good. Not a problem. Thanks for having me, man. Keep keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for listening. You can catch Tom on Twitter, T-R-A Reed, and Believe the Hype is B-T Hype, NBA. I'm at Jonah himself. Until next week, keep putting in work.